Had enough of the been there, done that ideas, tired of too much talk and so little action. Rewind now and welcome to Transformation and Change Radio with Dr. Kathy O'Bear, where the vision of true equity, inclusion, courage, and purpose meet powerfully. Dr. Kathy delivers with dynamic, engaging conversation and the most authentically brave dialogue on air today. This hit show will challenge you to explore current issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion and deepen your capacity to choose courage to speak up to greater inclusion in everything you do. Fasten your seatbelts and accelerate your effectiveness to become a powerful change agent in your life, community, job, and society. Imagine true equity and inclusion and get the tools to really manifest your vision. No frills, no fluff, just really powerful, good stuff. Transformation and Change Radio starts now. I'm so grateful you all have joined. I'm Dr. Kathy Baird, Transformation Change Radio, and I couldn't be more excited to have an encore presentation, a conversation with the Reverend Dr. Stephanie Rose Spaulding. If you remember from August 2020, we were not done. We hardly got through my questions. And as I really got clear that you're a former candidate for the House of Representatives, the U.S. Senate, and this show is the day before election closes tomorrow night, Tuesday. Whatever your state says, please vote today if you can. So you all might know Reverend Dr. Stephanie Rose Spaulding, social political commentator, activist, scholar, founder of the Truth and Conciliation Commission, which I hope to learn more about, pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church in Colorado Springs. So many ways you are of service as Associate Professor of Women's and Ethnic Studies, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. I just need a deep breath because as much as I've been praying and envisioning blue wave and just envisioning peace and no violence and true social racial justice, I've been needing to breathe. So welcome so much to the show again. I'm so grateful you came today. Thank you, Kathy, for having me back. It is truly my pleasure to be back. Um, it's a exciting as well as um, simultaneously anxious time for a lot of people the day before election day 2020. And yes, we all need to take some deep, deep breaths and meditate, pray, do the things that calm you on this day, and I would say throughout the week. Unlike, well, maybe it's, I'm not sure we have known the results in some previous elections, um, and yet some people are saying if they don't know by tonight, then it's a fraud. So here's where I'd like to start. So much has changed since August, and yet so much has been the same over the decades and centuries. And that kind of both and just how are you doing? How are people in your family community doing these times? I, I am okay. My immediate family for the most part is well. Um, as I shared earlier, there was um, cases of COVID with my parents, but they have recovered and oh. they are doing well. Um, so in that regard, for the most part, everyone is, is doing okay. However, when I look out into community, as um, we were talking before coming on air, there is real anxiety. There is, um, um, you know, just unknowingness <laughs> that people are, are facing. And 
recognizing some people are coming to the, the realization that tomorrow may not answer a lot of what they are hoping to have answered and what that might look like afterwards. So again, just trying to keep people encouraged and at a semblance of peace and peace doesn't necessarily mean that nothing is going on around you, but it's to understand and know that even in the middle of chaos that you are going to be okay. I know as a white person, when I'm a bit more centered and clear, I can show up and be more effective, whether I'm responding to emails, Facebook, praying, whatever it might be. Um, and I want to get honest that while I think and try to keep up on issues around race and do my own work, last week, a number of folk, Black and other folk of color, some Indigenous folks were saying, my family, we are stocking up. We're getting, going to the bank, we're going to the grocery store, we're filling the car. I'm not having my family leave the house on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, because of the danger. And then someone said, because so many people said it, they're like, yeah, there's the stocking up conversation. And I was clueless. And so for the people who identify as white and maybe BIPOC folk, Black, Indigenous, other folk of color, that you personally aren't feeling that level of anxiety and fear of violence, I just wanted to share that because our colleagues, our friends, our community members are having differential impact than many of us, particularly those who identify as white. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I have I actually just um, this morning, someone asked me in a very you know poignant way, do you have protection tomorrow? And what they meant by it was, do, do I own a firearm? And I am not that person. But it's, it's a real question that is being asked of BIPOC folks throughout our, our state and across the country. And so white listeners are probably wondering, especially if they were like me last week, going to first time really thinking about us, how can I be supportive? And so I've been encouraging folks to reach out, speak your truth about the vision you want for our country around dismantling racism, true justice, full breadth of differences, and really hold the vision and use today and tomorrow to envision the success and outcomes you want, because I do believe in energy and envisioning. Are there other ideas you have for our white listeners? Because I also know sure. that you don't want thousands of white people calling you and how you're doing, so. Um. <laughs> Not necessarily. Um, you don't want a barrage of, oh, the one Black person or the person of color that I know, let me see how they're doing. But if you are in genuine relationship with people, uh, definitely do a check-in and to make sure that folks do have what they need. If you are out and about and you see something, this is the time to step up as an ally or accomplice, right? Um, to be present and to be watchful as we are everywhere. And what I mean by everywhere, I mean at the grocery store, at the gas station, at the bank, um, because there are just individuals who are looking, like they will wake up tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week, depending on and probably regardless of how the election goes, they will be looking to agitate and for, you know, <laughs> trying to pick fights <laughs> and, um, and so we need white allies and accomplices to really be mindful and paying attention to what is happening 
believe people if they post anything on social media um, or if they share something, believe them that it has happened. Just this last week, again, I've seen some individuals being attacked even in their home, having the police called upon them. If you can de-escalate, please de-escalate. Find alternative resources from law enforcement agents <laughs> um, to, to do the de-escalation again. Let that not be our first uh, go-to because we know how law enforcement agents often interact with BIPOC folks. So again, just thinking of all of the strategies that we've talked about in those situations, this is a, a moment in time where it's not an if, but when it happens. To be present, aware, and some folks might be thinking, I could be an active bystander if I also feel safe. And so I just want to remind folks that you might be pumping gas and you see someone who has different political views. You can be friendly, polite, and just say hello and wish them well. Yep. And that sending of love, compassion, instead of what many might anticipate if you have a different sticker, which is to begin the escalation, Facebook, Twitter. I'm not saying, I mean, I am repeating what's happening, I'm raising awareness, but that responding to hate with hate, instigating, anti, calling people names, that level of energy that's so negative only feeds the amount of violence, emotional, physical, spiritual. Uh, Y'all probably saw, I don't know if it was around Austin, but they did cancel this weekend some Biden-Harris work in Austin because the Biden-Harris bus was surrounded by trucks with Trump flags in front and back. One got so close, I don't know if there was a bump. I read they were trying to run them off the road. I don't know if that actually happened. So, but then and I just- here in Colorado, they, they shut down the highway with a Trump parade and um, probably without a permit. <laughs> and again, that happens when officers of the state allow it to happen. So please be, be very mindful of what is happening in our surroundings. If you can, if you are in a place where you are able to escort, you know, escort someone to their polling um, site, if they have not already voted, please do that. Um, again, just being present and de-escalating as much as possible, but also showing support to, to people of color throughout um, our communities. And to your point about believing, someone said my son was driving, black man, similar dynamic around someone just with a Biden sticker. He flipped them off. Then they surrounded his and we're just doing this intimidation and violence. So as we just breathe and send love and support, um, and then to what you raised about, I saw that here in Colorado, did the state and police send out not only support to break it up, but also what are those things that fly? The, the drones, the helicopters. Thank you, the drones to go and just take pictures of every single license plate. So and because it's, that, it's gotta be I illegal what they did. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that, but again, I have seen the difference in treatment um, between those who have been advocating for social justice and then this happening. The, the highway was shut down for quite a bit of time 
And there are rumors circulating that um, roads will be blocked tomorrow so, and, and more of that kind of activity will be taking place. And I, I know that law enforcement agents can't be everywhere, but if they are in a position to be present and they are not dispersing people, that's another indicator, indicator of the disparity in what justice looks like, right? Because it is, there are rules and regulations to shutting down a highway and to blocking a road. And we are, should be able to call upon law enforcement to enforce those rules. I'm thinking about folks that are paramedics trying to take them to the hospital, someone who's pregnant in the car, the driver's trying to get them to the hospital. So it is life and death when people choose to stop the highway like they did here in Colorado, much less the violence in Texas and other places. And so if you see something, say something. And I'm needing to breathe. Yes. So... I was doing some research a bit ago and didn't realize that even in 1960, JFK won by a small margin. Mm -hmm. I thought it was only recently that America, U.S. folks have been kind of 49-49. And then so it just has been so long. In fact, before that, there might have been not many people voting as progressive until FDR. You tell I haven't done my research. If Biden-Harris win, there still has a lot of bridge building and healing and divides. What are some ways that you are already and what do you recommend that folks are doing so that we do keep U.S. justice, social justice, what we say our values are front and center, whether people are in K-12, nonprofit, business, higher ed, wherever they are school districts, how can we use this time? So from a very pastoral and spiritual place, um, the very first thing that I am encouraging, and I know that this will not be the easiest thing for a lot of people to do if there is a Biden-Harris win tomorrow, is don't gloat. Yeah. That um, energy and perspective will be more divisive than anything in a time where we desperately need to and must figure out a way how we are actually going to begin the healing process. So I, I know it seems so benign to say, <laughs> don't gloat, but don't seriously, don't gloat because there's still so much work that a winning the election is not going to be sufficient enough for. So that is definitely number one. Number two, immediately begin shifting the work as well as the messaging to one that is of coming together and unifying as a nation for the soul and the saving of our nation, right? Um, should there be a win, we have to shift so much to that message because the tensions are going to be that high, right? These militia people are not going to go quietly into the night and they're not going to lie down. Um, so we have to be assuring people that we are working on behalf of the unification of our nation. Um, number three, stay engaged. 
because it will not be enough. As I just said, it will not be enough that they have one office. We still have two months um, before an inauguration takes place. We still have two and a half months. Um, we still have so much on the ground work in terms of what does it look like, even in the transition and the building of what comes next. We are still in the middle of a global pandemic that we will have to be vigilant about as the holidays set in. Um, so recognize that the work will not stop. And again, be mindful of the ways in which we show up to conversations and interactions with those, those who are our neighbors, right? Who will be feeling very volatile and as if they have lost something, right? Like something concrete that George Lipsitz calls the possessive investment in whiteness. There will be those feelings engage in the anti-oppression work that much more because we are going to need it moving forward. So powerful. And four years ago, I heard so many people reporting, even with the current president's election, there were just really anti-Trump comments and personal attacks on folks who voted. And while I have my opinion and want people to vote the way I want, uh, Harris-Biden, to not then tomorrow, if it looks like we got Pennsylvania, we got Florida, then to not have anti-Trump comments. That is huge that our energy, was it Michelle Obama and so many others take the high road. They go low, we go high. The other thing you're reminding me of is finding common ground. A friend of mine has been making calls to Wisconsin every Saturday for several months and shared an article with Shelley Tuchluck who was out a year ago on the radio show. And her questions were, well, what do you all, what do you care about? Just one-on-one -on -one, and what do you value? And then finding ways. So the common ground to come together because there's so much classism, the healthcare, there are just so many needs of people cross racialized identity that even folks who I may not agree with around racism and the racist attitudes to find ways to find that common ground to work school districts PTO, what's that parent teacher, neighborhood organizations to really come together for safety, engagement, education. Everyone deserves healthy food, healthy health care. So I think there are going to be some ways that if we show up with love, compassion, and not the hatred and your word gloat, um, that's what I just implore people to do. Could you say more about the transition time? I liked when you said two months and then it got to two and a half. And so I just had to not have a deflated energy. <laughs> what could we be doing at the local level with state, county, city, and then U.S. representatives, U.S. Senate? So... Again, it's not until January 20th that um, we will have transition. And in between that time, we will have a new Congress sworn in on January 3rd, but we still need a stimulus packet at the federal level. We still have people locally who are impacted um, by the loss of jobs, the loss of industries, the loss of access to food and healthcare, 
um, you know, because of this global pandemic. So working with your local government, November 10th, if you live in Colorado, we still need people to apply to the redistricting committees. That's the deadline, November 10th. We still need people calling legislators and encouraging to have these things put in place so that when we come to January, come January, Congress will have already met and will be looking at the budget going forward, right? So we still need to be having these conversations with our newly elected officials so they have their marching orders going in that they know that they have the support going in to make the decisions that are absolutely necessary. And depending on how things go, we have a Mitch McConnell who it is just, it doesn't matter if you are on, on one side of the fence or the other, who has determined to not play by the rules. And so there, there's a period where a lot can be done uh, to harm us as a nation and we will need for our newly elected officials or re-elected officials to have a mobilized space and community of people to help them go in and undo what has happened in the last four years and what potentially could even happen in the next two and a half months. So I love reaching out to newly to say, got your back continuing, even if they weren't running, I'm here. And the folks who are Republican that were voted out, who still have votes, tell me where I'm wrong, or what is in their self-interest to not vote how they might vote today? So I'm thinking here in Colorado, legacy, mm -hmm. uh, Corey Gardner, um, what's your legacy? and the image you leave behind for your children. So you can imagine if thousands of people write emails, letters to Corey Gardner and others, but you've, you've been in politics. What else might influence Republicans who are quote lame duck as much as I hate it to, to really vote aligned with core values of the country? Legacy as well as their future. <laughs> what I have learned <laughs> in politics is just because someone gets voted out of one position does not mean that they are done, right? So we have, this is this is political chess and there will be the same individuals who might be voted out in one space looking to run again in some other space. And so reminding them that again, their values and their behavior is part of why you might have lost this position. And if you hope to run for something else, people are watching and paying attention, not as a threat, but this is an opportunity to show your humanity, to show your connection with the populace and, and to be on target and to not just continue to align yourself with an agenda of a party when the people in your community, in your district, in your demographic, are desiring something different. And to the call of so many Republicans are voting Biden. And so to the call to reclaim the essence, the principles of Republicanism that truly align with the core purpose of this nation. Whew, I need a deep breath. Yes. As we go to break, 
Reverend Dr. Stephanie Rose Balding. Thank you so much. How can people find you if they want you as a speaker, consultant, just love? They want to send you some love. Awesome. I am available at www.drstephanierose.com. And you can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at the same handle, Dr. Stephanie Rose. And I love that you're, was it your folks that had the PH instead of the F and Stephanie? Yes. Yes, it is. That is their creativity. I am named after my uncle Steve. And that's, that's the way that they wanted to go. S-T-E-P-H-A-N-Y. One of a kind as always on drkathyrobear.com backslash resources. So either on my website or backslash resources, lots of free resources, all three of my books. And particularly as white folks, if you want to keep working with other whites, raising your awareness and skills to speak up, interrupt racism, and proactively build the capacity of whites to truly partner with folks of color, indigenous folks, to build the country we say we well, today we say we want back then. There's a lot. Anyway, we could unpack that in another call. Thank you so much for joining. We come back from break. We will be talking more with Dr. Reverend Dr. Stephanie Rose Spaulding. This is Kathy O'Bear. See you in a few minutes. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific. We'll take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Tune in to the show Heart Change Consciousness with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show, Heart Change Consciousness on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Transition, simultaneously the most difficult and vital part of the human experience. Without change, how would we grow? Tune in to Grounding Into Your Radiance with Stacy Barber every second and fourth Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Step into your truth and allow the light into your life. 
For more information about Stacy and her services, visit stacybarber.com. That's Stacy, S-T-A-C-I-E, barber.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Welcome back to Transformation Change Radio. I'm Dr. Kathy O'Bear. So excited what I'm learning with Reverend Dr. Stephanie Rose Balding. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You. Before the break, we were talking about what if Vice President Biden wins? And so I want to ask you, what if we don't know for a while? A few days of uncertainty? A week? Or like in the 2000s, I don't remember how long that took before the Supreme Court, with under 600 votes in Florida, named President Bush. So if something like that happens again. So, so if, we are, if we are in a space of unknowing, I am going to encourage you to really take good care of yourself. Um, to not be inundated with the news cycle 24-7. It will only drive your anxiety. And the reality is we will not be the ones deciding that. You can continue to voice your position to your elected. But if it comes down to having the Supreme Court um, decide that, I'm sure there will be some organizing if you feel safe enough. We are still in a global pandemic. And if organizing happens, make the decision that is best for you and your family of whether or not you want to protest outside of the Supreme Court. But taking care of your mental and personal health is going to be an absolute must, even in the transition time. Even if we do know, it is still going to be an absolute must for the coming weeks. And again, do everything to de-escalate the energy that is negative because folks will be on pins and needles. It will be volatile. If you don't have to go out, I am encouraging people to stay, um, to, to bunker down and to stay in place if you have that privilege to do so um, again we will see a lot of volatile and anxious energy taking place in our country um, over the next few weeks, regardless of whether we have the results or not. Need to breathe. And so individually grounded, as you said earlier, meditation and speaking your vision. Um, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, the vision of a country you are working for, you envision and you know is possible and the way you want people to show up, all listeners, cross-racialized class identities, that's one small thing you can do. So Dr. Stephanie Rose Spalding, would you mind sharing us? I know it's just extroverted, but what's the world you're envisioning? What's the world and the country you work for for decades? I want a nation where the truth is 
at the center of how we construct relationships, how we govern, that equity is at the center of how we govern, where we are genuinely focused on how people show up in their varying um, existences that honors and respects the lives of others, right? Um, so when I talk about truth, if your truth is to harm other people, then, then that's not out of respect, right? But if the truth is to honor and respect the lives of all humanity and this planet, then that's the kind of world that I am envisioning. That's the kind of governance that I am envisioning. And I am envisioning one where diversity of experience, diversity of beings are present and reflective in out in the shaping of leadership in elected office that we genuinely have a transformational democracy right um living in a democratic republic often you know <laughs> people don't know exactly what a democratic republic looks like and what democracy reform needs but we certainly have to be reflective of a governance that is of, for, and by the people. And all people. Yes. History major that I was in college, I wasn't paying attention to how the Constitution and how many centuries it took and how many laws that are still not honored to truly mean all the people in the evolution to dismantle oppression by race, by gender, by sexuality, by gender identity, by immigration status, we could just keep going. Yes, and recently, I don't know, please don't quote me on this. I should have looked it up, but uh, it may have been Argentina. It's a South American country that has voted to redo their constitution. <laughs> and that, you know, again, as I think about the future of this nation, we certainly have some foundations that are worthy of keeping, but there's also fissures that were in, like embedded in the document itself, gendering positions, gendering people, racializing people, negating the experiences of indigenous people that <laughs> I am not above or beyond. Um, looking at the constitution and working on re revising that document so that it is reflective of what we continue to tell ourselves we desire ourselves to be as a nation. To that point, the electoral college, the setup of the Senate based on counting every enslaved person as three fifths of a person and those numbers, tell me where I'm wrong, were counted in therefore congressional representation, representation, rep, yeah, representation. Representation, we get it. <laughs> so can you, and you may not know more than I do, but I just, I don't think many folks today know how the electoral college, which could be used in a deceptive, violent way to dismiss the voice of the populace and the people 
Can you share any more so folks, it, folks listening? Absolutely. And that was one of the compromises that was made early on in the shaping of this nation that to one degree, the, the population count for how U.S. representative, U.S. House of Representatives are elected was based on this idea to one extent in the South, we did not want to, and, and of course, some would critique me and say we, but um, they did not want to honor the humanity of those who were enslaved at, at the time, but they wanted to honor their rights to property and negotiated humanity to three-fifths as human beings so that they can have a population representation to their benefit. So undoing all of that harm, it's in part why you can have states that have very large communities of color and still have um, Republican, white, conservative representatives. And that, that's not to say that Democrats don't have white representatives and um, conservative color. But that is why we continue to see this happening across the country where very high populations um, of communities of color are still not represented by people who look like them because of the ways that we set up the structure. I also want to see Washington, D.C. with 750,000 people have statehood because again that's 750,000 people without congressional representation in the house or the senate and they are primarily people of color half a million that, that's more in population than places like montana and i'm i'm not asking that montana not have representation but that this representation be equal and fair and then we add puerto rico Yes. There's just the exploitation in so many ways, not only yes. colonization. So if folks are going, I didn't know all this stuff, just breathe. Wikipedia might be a place to start, but there's probably <laughs> yes. better places to look that have even more information. Do you have sources? I would suggest looking at justdemocracy.us, the website justdemocracy.us, because this is the work that their coalition are is doing and is invested in. This kind of democracy reform is necessary and it can lead you to more research and to why, what the impact is, especially on communities of color. And the parallel to that is very small numbers of whites can vote in senators that have such significant power at the U.S. level to approve judges. And we can look at, was it 300 that were rushed through? Yes. Much less at the Supreme Court, not representing the voice of the full people. And as you said, breaking long tradition and violating rules of the Senate, just ignoring them. Yes. Just violates our core essence as the United States, at Absolutely. least who we say we are. Could you say more about how people can take care of themselves in this time and resiliency? And I've been saying, find your people, whoever that might be, and reach out to your people and cocoon with your people. And you've said it before, but I wonder if there's more you wanted to say about resiliency because Trump could be 
name the president? Yes, <laughs> it is possible. So I, I don't want people to live in a false um, fantasy that it's a done deal, um, that we will have a Biden-Harris win. It is possible that Trump could continue on and be declared <laughs> the, the you know, president after this election. And one, because we are still in a global pandemic, now more than ever is the perfect time to, to actually go into oneself and with one's community if you are safe, because I do recognize for those living in volatile domestic situations, it is not as easy, but to if you are able to, and if you are unable to reach out to the resources that might be able to provide you the shelter and the need that you have, but to, to go into oneself and to really wrap your arms around the people that you understand as family, might not be biological, might be spiritual, but the people that you understand as family, to remember what this season is about and to not, uh, to, to not give up the fight because we will have work that is still ahead. So taking the breath, taking the time uh, to again, focus on healthy eating, <laughs> um, getting rest because so many of us have been working on campaigns and advocating for this issue or that issue, taking the breath, getting the rest enjoying this time, this season, as much as you are like, oh my gosh, another four years. But then also when we come into the new year, shifting gears, shifting gears to really focus on the local. Yes. And what can we concretely do with the local and the impacts that we can have with our school boards, with our county commissioners, with our city councils, because those races in so many places will also start to take place in the odd year. Um, what initiatives can we focus on locally that will counter what is happening federally? And so I remember the despair, depression that I had, the funk for months. I wish I had talked to you then to shift some of that energy into active. And to your point, as someone who has run for very high office, what do you want to say to folks that like, oh, what could I do on a school board? City commissioner, I have no idea. CU regents? Yes. I, there's so many places. So how, what would you so, say? So many places to plug in um, for our school boards. How is how money is being spent, the impact of COVID and remote learning on our students and on our teachers, our faculty and staff, making sure that resolutions are put into place, resisting executive orders that say you cannot talk about um, diversity, equity and inclusion, making sure that your local mandates allow for um, robust curriculum in our county and city city levels, finding out how budgets going forward are going to be handled. I was just sharing again with those here in Colorado Springs, 
redistributing funds in ways that is more um, justice-centered and value-centered, um, encouraging and making sure that our local officials are committing to the work of equity, committing to the work of justice. We need that. We need people who are sitting on university boards of regents to combat the attacks that will come for the work that people like myself do in women's and ethnic studies, maintaining these programs, knowing that after four years, we will still need to be doing this work, supporting our students of color, supporting LGBTQ plus students and faculty and staff members. We will have to do the work within our arm's reach over the next four years. Um, because we know what four years of, of just, you know, unbridled power can do to our nation. And I don't know if it's fear or truth that if Trump is elected, there will be no more holding him back. If he has a Senate and him and the violence, the fashion, you know, it'll just- I, I think it's prophetic, right? <laughs> and that's me coming from a place of, of faith that there will be no holding him back. And again, I know that this is a very privileged statement. Um, and this is post COVID because right now nobody wants us, but I am not against expatriation at all. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I, I think that sometimes, especially in communities of color, we are taught that we are obligated to um, just staying and hanging in here. But there are so many people that I know, like literally know, that are exploring their options for their families. It's not would not be safe here for so many. And I know some white folks who have been very out there working to dismantle white supremacy, anti-racism work, getting death threats along with many, many folks of color in national and local movements. I totally support folks in any way to stay safe and protected. And to be honest, in another country, folks might be able to speak up much more safely than here. Whew. As always, your brilliance take me places that I hadn't thought to go. Um, I do want to hold a space for the truth conciliation process, whether mm -hmm. it's the South African constitution, you named a South American one that's rewriting and then truth conciliation process. Would you mind sharing? Cause yeah. unless we like Brian Stevenson's and saying and so many others, Cheryl Eiffel and you, unless we heal the centuries of harm. Yes. And that, that is what I am invested in, regardless of how this election turns out, because I know, again, there, there's no magic wand, and we don't have a golden ticket to the Willy Wonka chocolate factory just because Biden Harris might win on tomorrow. Um, there, there's still so much systemically wrong and harm that has been caused in this country that if we don't do this work, then we will even have wasted an opportunity with a Biden-Harris administration. So my work with the Truth and Conciliation Commission is to having these local, very local, as well as national 
conversations on learning the history of institutionalized racism because so many people don't know if, if if we're talking about the electoral college and folks are like well i don't know how that's connected to racism there's a reason for that right so to speaking learning and understanding the way in which white racial violence has been inculcated into the structures and the institutions of our country and then as we learn this as we accept it to not be paralyzed, but to ask the questions, how do we redress it? What do we do as a local community? What do we do as a nation to begin to redress this harm so that we build conciliatory practice? We have been doing some of these conversations already here mm. in Colorado because that's just physically where I am and we are in the midst of COVID and it's impacting again what we can and cannot do. But we want to do this work across the country. We are, um, we have shown up in solidarity and partnered with other coalitions. We are a coalition partner of justdemocracy.us. We are also um, partners with Caravan for Racial Justice. So we have shown up in places like Louisville, Kentucky, and Washington, DC, to call for the protection of Black women, to call for criminal justice reform, to honor the lives of BIPOC people who we are losing to law enforcement, and to advocate for structural change. We are doing that work, and we want to do more of it. I so deeply respect you and honor you and your work, and so many others who are doing systemic institutional work. And some white listeners might be listening and beginning to feel overwhelmed. So a place to start could be just in your community. And as Dr. Stephanie Rose Spalding said, find out the history, but more, what is your field? And maybe you're working from home as in supporting family, but as someone a breadwinner. And so what is their field? But find out what's your organizational leaders, how are you founded? And if your field is K-12 or your field is corporate or your field's university, find out the buildings, what they're named after. Just start with that and then ask your organization. I live in a community that finally folks said, let's rename it here in Denver. So now mm -hmm. it's Central Park. And so locally is critical. And as you show up, your kids, community, young people will see that you're a leader to start asking the question, could there be institutional racism and other forms of oppression within the area that I care about in our churches? Just breathe. Yes. How was your church, your mosque, your synagogue? Historically your into way, your family, yes. <laughs> As we move into the December, November holiday season in so many ways. Yes. and. And very easily, you can go to truth and conciliation, that is conciliation with a C, dot org, and you can start just by taking the pledge. There's an ebook, Recovering from Racism, that you can download. Taking that pledge, sharing that pledge with your community, and reading that ebook is another place to start. Thank you for sharing so freely your resources, your wisdom today. As we close, we please know with deep love and respect, I hold you and 
Would you mind helping people know how they can find you and any final words for folks for this week Absolutely. and beyond? <laughs> um, I can be found at www.drstephanierose.com. And again, please reach out for whatever. Um, I respond personally to emails. I am here to have conversations with you. And as we move forward, even if it's a long season, and I say this from my, my place of faith, to everything is a season. So it won't last forever. <laughs> to remember that, to hold on to that, even in the rough of times of life, even as we are uncertain about how our political environment will shift. Everything is a season. Hold on to that and know that seasons change. Folks in this country for centuries, BIPOC particularly, have been working for social justice. Remember and be a part of the long haul. Justice does bend. Dr. King, something bends towards justice. Breathe. Yes. <laughs> the, Please help me. Yes, the more arc of the universe might be long, but it bends towards justice. <laughs> On that note, I'm Dr. Kathy O'Bear, Center for Transformation Change Radio. You can find lots of other free resources, not only what Dr. Rose Spalding talked about, as well as kathyobear.com backslash resources. Thank you. For everyone, your work in the world, and particularly thank you, Dr. Rose Spalding, for joining again today. Your light, your love, as we hold all in safety and love as we move into this week. Whew. All the best to y'all. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Dr. Kathy O'Bear on Transformation Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure to catch us next time as Kathy inspires listeners to become agents of change, motivate, innovate, and speak truth to power. Step into the courageous you that will change the world. Connect to life-changing conversations to extend your reach. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com.